flight time today is going to be 45 minutes. We don't anticipate any weather, adverse weather condition, and we don't anticipate any um, stoppages or any detours. We are going to have a very smooth flight. This is your captain speaking. Okay. I have a lot of hidden talents. Second Peter. Second Peter. I want to talk today, as I promised last week, on the implications of Lot's choices. Or Lot's choice. The implication of Lot's choice. I told you that every choice has an opportunity cost. How many remember that? And how many know that life is full of choices? We make choices every day. From the time we wake up to the time we go to bed, we are making choices. Some choices have dire consequences. Some choices have very uh, fleeting uh, consequences. But some choices can lead to early death. Some choices can not only lead to early death, but they can, they can take you to hell. Amen. Amen. So choices, I mean, uh, we've been talking about choices for a while. And as much as I, I am feeling to move on, the more I look at the subject, the more I feel that we haven't exhausted it. I mean, I can do a whole camp meeting on choices. Hallelujah. Second Peter, are you there? So I'm talking about Lot, but I'm starting from Second Peter. Can you imagine? Let's start from verse 4. Chapter 2. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 4. We're going to read from 4 to about 9. Yeah. Are we all right? For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them unto chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment, and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of the eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly. And turning the, the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemning them into to destruction, mixing, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly and delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. For the righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul and from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Then the Lord knows how to deliver the, the godly out of temptation and reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. Hallelujah. You know, this particular scripture is one of the scariest scriptures in the New Testament. 
And he says that the angels who were serving God diligently, when they made a mistake, God did not spare them. God did not spare them. So you see, let us, uh, it's going to be a nice service, don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. Uh, that's why I'm trying to get the bad one out of the way so we can flow. <laughs> You see, angels were not spared. Angels were not spared. You see, this dispensation of grace is, say, is sending majority of Christians to hell. Because we believe and we think that because of grace, we can live anyhow. And grace will cover it. But this particular scripture is very scary. Because it tells us that with all your grace that you are talking about, God forgives and places our sins in the sea of forgiveness. It's true. But every coin has two sides. Are you, are you getting it? And he's saying that if God did not forgive the angels when they sinned and did not forgive the ancient world when they were ungodly and unholy, do you think that because of your beauty, and because of grace, you will not be spared. Listen, even if God forgives, Satan is an accuser. Are, are you with me? Satan is an accuser, and Satan always calls for justice. Because Satan accuses God to us and accuses us to God. Satan is always accusing. So, because God doesn't want to be accused, he has to be just and fair. Are you getting it? So, if the angels were not pardoned, the ancient world was not pardoned, Lot was not pardoned, then we have to be careful. Amen. 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 Oh, please, help me. Help me to encourage us today. I, I promise today is going to be a better service than last week. I promise. <laughs> I promise you we're going to have a very smooth flight. I don't, I don't anticipate any. It's just, we are just taking off, so... Hallelujah. You see, Christians, our Christians today, we want to live unbelieving lives, but make it to heaven. Preach. But shall grace abound so that we continue to sin? No, it cannot be. Hallelujah. This grace message have been, has been one of our downfalls. We have Just like the prosperity message. Are you getting what I'm saying? The prosperity message was supposed to come and encourage us to hard work. 
and, and to encourage us to, 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 to look up to God and, and have faith in God and come out of poverty. But human beings as we are, we have overflowed it and now the, the prosperity message has become get rich without working scheme. Do you, do you get it? So it's like you see now people in the name of prosperity message can say, Pastor, break the man's wife so that I can come and take, take over and prosper without sweat. That is what, what, what is happening now. She has worked, but break the, the, the lady, let the lady die. Because prosperity means oven fresh. We don't have to work. Microwave and then we prosper. But that's the gospel. That is, that is what's being preached now. That is the gospel that we are living in. The age we are living in now. In the same way, the grace message has been turned upside down. So the grace that has to abound has now become an occasion for sinning. So that the behavior and the character traits of Christians are somewhat worse than unbelievers. And that is true. It is true. true. You will not see half of the atrocities that are committed by Christians, even by unbelievers. You will not see the wickedness that Christians perpetrate. We destroy each other. We, in fact, we pray against each other. I know churches that are praying against other churches so that those, that church will fail. Yeah. I know. You know, you know something? You know something? <laughs> my, my pastor told me one day, recent, when we started this church, pray against emotional prayers. I didn't understand. He said, pray against emotional prayers. I did not understand. But as a son, I obey. So I used to come here in the middle of the night. Yes, alone. Some of you are scared of things. I'll come here alone. I don't put the lights on and I'll be praying in this building. And Bunky, what are you doing here? <laughs> I'll tell you a story about this this man that just walked in. I have to say it. I should forgive. Okay. I'll t- remind me to tell you a story about him. Brother Claxton Williams. Put your hands together for him. Brother Thomas Claxton Williams. He's a very good brother. (laughs) Yeah. But you see, one day, one day, I was here praying, praying in the middle of the night. The lights were off. And I saw fellow Christians across the street praying against this church. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
They were here physically. That was when I understood what it means to pray against emotional prayers. Because sometimes when you are angry, when you are angry, you pray certain prayers that are not Christian. It's not godly. How many know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Emo- they, they call it emotional prayers. I know, I know, I know a place where they open some 109 and they pray. Break his teeth, oh Lord. Make their way that let his wife be a widow and let the children beg on the streets. I'm not telling you stories. You see, but, but those are emotional prayers ba- based on their pain. Are you with me? But the Bible says that forgive 70 times, seven times. What happened to that? But because you have been offended by the person, you are praying that let the person die. Let the person fail. Kill them, oh Lord. Somebody said one day that the prayer warriors are praying. This year, there will be a performance. She will die. So I can marry somebody else. And you see, people don't just die. <laughs> people don't just die. Hallelujah. How many understand what, I, what I've said so far? So you see, let us understand that grace is, doesn't mean that implication, uh, our choices don't have implications. Every choice we make has implications. And if the justice of heaven lives, then heaven has to be just. Amen. Are you understand what I'm saying? Which means that if the ancient world we're not forgiven for living a certain life and making certain choices, then don't expect that you will be forgiven. Hallelujah. Okay, now let's go back to our story. Our story is in Genesis chapter 13. So, so this was just like an introduction to the implications. Remember we said choices have implications, right? Do, do, do you remember we said that? And you see that many of the troubles that Lot had could have been avoided if he made the right choices. Amen. Are you okay? Now, I'm just introducing Lot, so we go on. Lot is the nephew of Abraham. So, Lot is Abraham's brother's son. Okay? But this Lot guy is a very interesting character. For instance, how come Isaac depended on his father to look for a wife for for him? 
But Lot chose his own wife. Have you thought about that? Think about it. This Lot guy has a certain character. If I am an uncle and I say I am moving from here to go and live in Newcastle, all my dependents will come with me. Isn't it? Now, God said that I know Abraham in chapter 18 because he will command his household after me. So means Abraham was in charge of his household. Are you okay with that? If Abraham chose a wife for Isaac, then clearly Abraham should have been involved in the choice that of wife for Lot. But that didn't happen. So I'm just introducing the guy to you, the character of the guy, the kind of person. See, sometimes we don't read the Bible, we don't look at some of the things. But just, just, just think with me. Lot was very forgetful. Lot was very abrupt and brash. Lot is very superficial and doesn't think deep. But you remember we just read that Lot was a righteous person. See, the fact that you are righteous doesn't mean that your character cannot be destructive. You can be a preacher and still have a very abrasive character that will be destructive and you're a preacher. I just heard this morning, was it this morning I read that a, 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 a prophet who said he had prophesied that uh, some children that have been kidnapped will be found. And then somebody annoyed him and said they will not be found again. <laughs> that says the Lord. You see, character, your character is, you are not under control. You are not spirit controlled person. So the fact that you are a righteous person doesn't preclude you from having bad character and bad choices. Amen. I'm trying to introduce the guy to you before we start reading so you can imagine, you can understand what we are going to be talking about. Lot is very forgetful. See, Remembrance is a character trait. A lot of people don't remember the good that has been done for them. But these are very, very prayerful people, mind you. But they are still forgetful people. Are we okay? Lot is easily influenced by people. The success and fame of Lot gets easily into his head. He's not a humble guy. He can be very, very prayerful and very proud. The reason why most, most churches don't talk about pride 
It's because the pastors are full of it. And they cover it with a lot of spiritual jargons. But pride is a character trait. Speaking in tongues does not cover pride. Trying to be nice doesn't mean you are not a proud person. You can look humble and be very proud. Because pride is a character trait. It's hidden. <laughs> Are you okay? Are you okay? Oh, there's, there's, no, no, no. I don't think there's any turbulence. Yes. Huh? We are, we are, we are cruising. We are now thirty-three and a half thousand kilometers above sea level. We are. <laughs> okay, okay. Let, let's go into the word. If you are not happy with what I'm saying, then. No, by the way, you are trying. To, I said today is a happy day, happy message, and you are trying to spoil it. Oh, I didn't want you to even go that way just yet. <laughs> no, we are looking at you see. If you look at somebody and empathize with a person, you make excuses for the person. But when you are critical of the person, you can see all the faults of the person. Then after that, when we say that that person is you, (laughs) then you go. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't want you to make excuses for a lot. Because <laughs> yeah. Lot is very easily, the praises of men get into Lot easily. Lot is not easily entreated. You can't advise Lot, you can't choose for Lot. We realize you can't advise Lot. Listen. Always be easily entreatable. When you are doing something, somebody says what you are doing is not good. Stop. Immediately. Don't argue. (coughs) Just check. And do something about it. You know, there are two types of human beings. There are people who like to learn by experience. (laughs) And there are people who Learn by other people's experience. The latter is better than the former. Because the former is very expensive. It's very painful. So when you are being advised, listen. You understand? And some people, it doesn't matter what advice you give them. They are still... Will still will not, will not bend. You will see that Lot was that type of character. Being advised, no. What I've decided, I've decided. I have to be happy. 
Lot doesn't want anybody to sit on their happiness. And yet, Lot is a very spiritual person. Don't forget, a very righteous person. But Lot is a very carnal person at the same time. Lot likes and enjoys worldly things, even though he's a righteous man. You are preaching, Pastor. We are, we are analyzing Lot. Nobody but Lot. Nobody in this room <laughs> but Lot. Oh, Lot is the, is, he's the, our character study is Lot. And we are talking about, the title of the message is what? Lot. The implications of the, of Lot's choices. Very, very simple. No. <laughs> don't. Don't give. Don't, listen, it's my message. Don't change the title for me. I beg you. <laughs> you, these people. I said today's a very nice, happy message. So let me be happy. Okay, let's go, but let's read Genesis 13. I don't know where to start. Let's start from chapter, uh, verse 1. It'll be easier. Then Abraham went up from Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and lot with him to the south. Abraham was very rich in livestock, in silver and gold. Amen. So, beginning of the, of the movie, we realize that Abraham or Abram took everything that he had. And what he had included Lot. So Lot was part of what Abraham had. And Abraham was very wealthy, which implies that Lot was not wealthy. So if Lot was wealthy, we would have said it at the beginning. And he would not have been part of what Abraham had. Do you understand? He would not have been a dependent. Do you understand? For instance, if I say I am moving from here to Newcastle and I am taking everything that I have, including Kiran. What does that mean? Kiran is a dependent. He has no choice in the matter. He goes where I want him to go. Which means that Kieran is not rich. His, his life is in my budget. Do, do you get it? He's part of my expenditure. Because he's dependent on me. Can you understand that? Okay. Abraham was very rich in livestock, in silver, and in gold. Go on quickly, quickly. And he went on his journey from the south as far as to Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ai. To the place of the altar which he had made at the first, there at first. And Abraham, or Abraham called the name of the Lord. Lot also, who went with him, 
with Abraham had livestock and head. Okay? But he was not rich. Mind you. He had livestock and head, but he was not rich. Kiran has a few trainers and uh, track suits and keyboards and stuff. But that is it. Do you understand? I, when they said, I, when they said Abraham, that's the uncle, the father, they said he, had, he was very rich. But Lot also had a few things. Are you getting the picture? Okay. Go on. Now the land was not able to support them. That's as time went on. See, sometimes when you're reading the Bible, you think that everything is happening the same minute. But from one verse to another, it can be a whole lifetime. You get it? So now the land was not able to support them that they might dwell together. For their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. You know, anytime you are with a successful person and you are under the grace, under the covering of a successful anointed person, you look very powerful and anointed. But that does don't be fooled. That grace and anointing is not yours. <laughs> Do you get it? Because the, the grace of uh, uh, prosperity rests on Abraham, not Lot. He said that, let f- leave your mother and father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will prosper you. I will be with you. So the, 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 the anointing, if you like, was on Lot. It was on Abraham. And all that were with him, with him were touched by the anointing. Are you with me? So you see, you stay in a place and you look very powerful. Don't be fooled and go and start your own church. <laughs> You'll be very, 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 very disappointed. <laughs> You'll be very, very, very disappointed. And there was strife. You see, the character is coming out now. See, sometimes when you are poor, you look very, very humble. <laughs> Poverty and humility, they go together. It doesn't mean you are humble. You see, so long as I am saying the things that you like to hear, you obey. And you, look, you, you are very obedient. And you look obedient. But the day I will say something you don't like, that is when your obedience will be tried. That's when you see obedience is not when everything is going well. But when things go against you, that is when your obedience is questioned. That is when your humility is also put on trial. Okay? There was strife between the headsmen of Abraham. And you see, what type of conversation was Lot having with his headsmen? That the headsmen had a cheek to fight the headsmen of Abraham. See, the character trait is coming out. Don't let them look down on you when they say, say, when they f- boot for boot. Boot for boot. Don't let them treat you. You know, when they slap, you slap them back. (laughs) 
You see, sometimes, if you don't take care, one day, you have your branch. And then your branch looks like it's growing. And then you begin to behave like Lot. Now, you tell your members, when you go to the main church, and you to stand up and say, yeah, don't let them Hallelujah. Are you understanding the story? Yeah. Say, we too we are. We too we are anointed. We too we are headsmen. We too we have livestock. We too we are somebody. (laughs) There was strife between the headsmen of Abraham's livestock and the headsmen of Lot's livestock. The Canaanites and the Perizzites then dwelt in the land. Hmm. So Abraham said to Lord, please, let there be no strife between you and me. See, but when we read, we, the strife was not between Abraham and Lot. It was between the headsmen of Abraham, Lot and Abraham. But you see, Lot, uh, Abraham is saying that the strife that is going on, you are engineering it. And the person you are fighting is the person I have appointed. So really, you are fighting me. So you see, when I appoint somebody to be, be in a department and you fight the person, it's not the person you are fighting. It's me you are fighting. Do you understand? So the strife is not about the headsman, but it's between you and I. Are you getting it? So, <laughs> yeah, there are some people say that me, I don't, I don't deal with junior pastors. I want the main pastor. <laughs> See, when they were doing the the wedding rehearsal, I heard somebody was asking that. So is that guy the one who's going to do the, the <laughs> one guy ask you? See, what that person was doing was not against you. That's how I look at it. When you disrespect my pastor, you disrespect me, and you will not be. I will not be nice to you. I will not be nice to you. As for me, it's only pastor I respect. No, 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 no. You don't respect me. You are preaching. Do you understand? You will never hear me calling him Sam. Nobody has ever heard me calling him Sam, including himself. Call him Pastor Sam. And there's a reason for that. Do, Do you get it? So when you disrespect everybody I've placed in a place, it's me you are disrespecting. And you I will not we will not be friends. Leg for leg. People are trying to spoil my message. Today is a happy day. Dr. Yeah. Lante, please tell them that today is a happy day. They should just allow me to flow and be happy. 
Where are we? Then he goes, please separate from me. It's not the whole land before you. You see, Abraham knew something about the character of this boy. That this boy only likes the nice thing places. So when I direct my headsman to go to a place, before they get there, he has outrun them to go there and say, no, 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 try to fight. Then I say, okay, let them go here. You see, Isaac dug a well. And the people came to fight. The people knew the well was there. But they didn't touch it. As soon as Isaac dug the well, and they saw water, they said, no, it's our father's water. Take it. Then he went somewhere else. He dug another well. They came. You know, there are some people like that. They are always looking at you. You are preaching. Always looking to see. To see that you are doing well. And they always always want to sabotage. They are righteous. They are all righteous people, mind you. So we are not talking about unbelievers. We are talking about righteous people. So Lord says, uh, Abraham says that, please, you, there's, the space is very, very large. Wherever you choose, we will go the other way so that there will be peace. Do you know that there are some people, not unless you give them your very chair you are sitting on, they will not be happy. Have to give them your wife. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They will never be content with anything. (laughs) Oh, please, please, stop it, stop it, stop it. Please stop it. It's a very nice message. Separate me. Separate from me. If you take the left, I will go to the right. You know, because anytime Abraham says to his headsmen, go to the left. Before they get to the left, Lot is there. Lot doesn't choose. He waits for Abraham to choose. Then you go. Then he's like, that's the good place. I know people like that. They only like what you have. What you like is what I like. So he says, listen, if you go to the left, I'll go to the right. You choose first. See, but for respect, Lord would have said, no, you choose. And as soon as he chose, no, that's the one I also like. Then I'll go to the right. Or if you go to the right, I'll go to the left. Then Lot lifted up his eyes and saw the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord. Before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, 
like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as you go towards Zohar. The Lord chose for himself all the plains. See, he thought all the plains. It's not just a portion, but he chose the whole plains where it's well watered and looks like Garden of Eden. Please, please don't make choices out of greed. Please don't make choices out of spite. Don't make choices because of what you have seen. Listen, Christian brother, before you choose, do some prayer. Do some prayer. Sister, before, do you know that you also choose? Because when a person comes to say, I love you, you have to decide whether you will say yes. So before you say yes, do some prayer work. You know, there's, there were two ladies. I'll tell you a story. I had a friend who was training to be a pastor. At the time, I was training to be a pastor. But he was a, a couple of years ahead of me. And he had a f- two-bed flat on this side of the city. And I had a two-bed flat on this side of the city. We were very good friends. Then two ladies came from another part of the world that he knew, he knew their cousin. So the two ladies were friends. So they came to stay in his flat. And this particular brother, he liked one of the girls. But so he couldn't stay in the flat with them. So being a friend, he came to stay in my flat. So we had, we always, every night, we spend the night talking about those two girls who have just come. This, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. These two girls, one of them was very, very, very spiritual, according to us, what we knew. And the other one was not very, very, it was not very spiritual at all. But anytime we come to church, when they are praying, she's looking around, idol, and but this one <laughs> and this one who was not spiritual was very pretty strikingly pretty this one the spiritual one was not so so striking but was also very very nice okay so my Friend said, if I could take the beauty and put it in this spiritual person, it would be very, very powerful. (laughs) It would be very, very powerful. But 
then we both decided that, listen, these two girls, to make a choice, we have to start praying. So me, me and my friend, oh, don't spell my message, please. Listen, listen, Brother Thomas is here, so let's behave ourselves. <laughs> so we decided to pray. This was many years ago. We decided to pray. And then when we started praying, 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 it got to a point after this, after two, three months, the spirit said, none of these two. But rather, that one. And that one was not, 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 was neither spiritual nor striking. I'm telling you a story. I, I mean, this is a true story. True story, true story. It's not like a very long, this thing happened in London. So, you see, when you are a spiritual person and you pray, God talks to you. And see, sometimes God, what God will show you has neither of your choices. So, you are preaching, Pastor. Preach. So, me, I'm just telling you my story, and then, and then I'll go home. I'm just praying that leads to win. Liz is leading one year. Okay, pass. As you know. Okay. So, so, after so many months, he obeyed reluctantly. Very reluctantly. Yes. Took that sister. And I was a chief champion of that yes. sister. That this one is the Lord that spoke you know, when the, your, your choice is not the God's choice and the choice you have chosen so it's not really your choice, it's God's choice, you know. So, I championed it. My car was used for the wedding. Was, the wedding was, in fact, I was the chief, you know, like, I was the chief Financier, chief, organizer, chief, whatever you want. And we, we, we did the wedding. Then, one of our friends who was not praying with us, but was always with us in the house, decided that if you don't want any of this, because really the choice was really the spiritual one. The only reason why we the spiritual was that you know so this brother took the spiritual it looked like a watered land yeah looked like a very watered land so he took the spiritual one and oh within within three, three months married then another brother innocent bystander in the church also came for the pretty one who was not very spiritual didn't have any. Just, she's just there. And married that one. So now, all three 
are married. After a few years, all the trip were in different parts of the world. We had all scattered everywhere. Now, at the end of the story, the unspiritual one who has married some guy who was just in the church, who was very unspiritual, are now pastoring one of the largest churches in America. The pretty one who was not spiritual, who married a guy who was not very spiritual, are somewhere doing very well. The, the, my friend and his, his God-chosen wife are also doing very well in another part of the world. Very, very powerful. Then this brother who went for the spiritual one had three children with a spiritual woman. The spiritual woman broke his broke his his financial life completely gone. Took everything the guy ever worked for. Cleaned him out. Everything the guy will ever earn he still has. And she has moved on and living with a boyfriend. I don't know whether you understood the story. I mean, the guy was one of the IT big, big top wigs in uh, one of these major IT companies in America. I mean, we're talking about millions. As we speak now, he doesn't have two cents to rub together. And anything that he potentially will earn from the time they divorced, she gets... 70%. 70%. What I'm trying to say to you, brothers, brothers, is because of you, I told this story. What I'm trying to say to you is that don't just make emotional choices. Don't just make physical choices. Don't just make sexual choices. She has a big bum. She has big figure. No, 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 no. 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 Oh, they look very powerful in church. No, mistake. You don't know what they're operating under. You don't. You. I mean, this is a. She was a pure witch. Yes. Oh yeah. If the brother tells you the attacks he suffered, how at a point he became impotent. At the point he became, he lost his mind. The girl imported the mother from a village somewhere. The two of them married him from the get-go till they, they divorced. I'm not trying to scare you. She knows the story. She knows everybody involved. That's why if you can ask, I don't, without mentioning names, you can give. You can ask her for more details. See, Lot looked at the plain of Jordan. It was well watered. And so Lot chose 
choose. My time is up. But I don't know whether I, I I'll give you a couple of implications. Now, in Genesis chapter 14, this is just one chapter down the line. Verse 11, there was war in the land that Lord chose. Then they took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and all the provisions and went their way. Verse 12, they also took Abraham's brother's son. They don't even mention his name. They took Lot, Abraham's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom and his goods and departed. So now they had kidnapped Lot. See, sometimes your implication will make, your, your choices will make them kidnap you. This brother of, of ours was kidnapped. His life and his success and future was kidnapped. Because he chose the plains of Jordan. Hallelujah. Oh, don't be quiet. Don't be quiet, please. <laughs> so you see, you make a choice and that choice will take you into a war. You make a choice. That choice will make you kidnapped. Not only did they kidnap, but they tormented him as well. Genesis 19. Genesis 19, are you there? Verse 1. Now the two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. And Lot saw them, and he rose to meet them. You know the story, don't you? He bowed himself to his face and towards the ground. And he said, here now, my lords, please turn into your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you may rise early and go your way. And they said, no, but we will not spend the night. We will spend the night in the open square. And he insisted strongly. So they turned into him and entered into the house. And they made, he made them a feast and baked unleavened bread and they ate. Now before they laid down, the men of the city and the men of Sodom, both old and young, all the men from every quarter surrounded the house. And they called to Lot and said, where are the men who came to, to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may know them carnally. So Lot went down through the doorway and shut the door behind him. And he said, please, brethren, do not do so wickedly. <laughs> See now, I have two daughters <laughs> who have not known a man. Please let them bring, let me bring them out to you that you may do to them as you wish. Only do nothing to these men since they are, this is the reason they have come under the shadow of Now, look at where Lot is. Now, if you read the, the whole story, you see that 
Initially, Lot did not end up in Sodom. Lot pitched his tent near Sodom. The next verse we had was Lot was inside Sodom. You see, anywhere you go near all the time, eventually you enter. You keep going around sin. Before you realize you're inside sin. You make your abode around iniquity. By the time you realize you are inside it. Hallelujah. are spoiling my message. I think I've finished. Uh, we'll continue next week. Sorry? Implication? We'll continue next week. <laughs> Come next week. you go near sin, sin has a pulling power. Sin draws. Sin is attractive. Sin looks nice. Anything that is inviting and drawing, that makes you not think. There are some things, they don't make you think. It's like, it's all the feeling, all the feeling. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, but I see the thing is drawing you, drawing you, drawing you. It's almost as if you become helpless and helpless. You see that you are just <laughs> no being. No control, no self control. It, it's, it's, it's a plane of Jordan. You are, you are being sucked in. You are being sucked in. Pastor, I don't know. But when it comes, I'm helpless. I had a choir, a choirista, very powerful singer. This girl had the boy. She was near the boy. Oh, that boy. <laughs> said, she said to me one day that he has just called. And she went to wear, you know the jeans that takes about three people to wear, to put on? The one that you have to jump about 50 times before it comes up there. She wore that one and put the Moses belt. You know those belts? She put that belt on. Say today. And she called me that he says he's coming. But today, today it's not going to happen. I was in my house after one hour she calls crying. Ah. <laughs> you see, anything that pulls you and doesn't make you think is evil. Bible says that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me. When God is leading, it means you are a willing, you are you have your will intact. But when somebody's leading, you can stop. When somebody's leading, you can turn. 
When somebody is leading, they are not pulling you. But when something is pulling you, it means it's not leading you. Anything that doesn't lead but pulls you is not from God. Stand to your feet.